Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into the thought provoking pages of Reclaiming Conversation by Sherry Turkle. Imagine a world where constant digital interruptions, unanswered messages, and disinterest have become normalized. Can we alter this dynamic? How can we spark more fulfilling, genuine conversations in our tech ridden society? Sherry Turkle, a psychologist and esteemed professor at MIT, specializing in human technology interaction and psychoanalysis, takes us on a journey to answer these questions. Her profound analysis is a must-read for anyone who finds themselves tethered to screens, for parents and caregivers shaping the digital experience of young ones, and for those craving deeper, more meaningful dialogues in their lives. Tune in as we unravel the essence of Turkle's powerful exploration on human interaction in our digitized world. Reclaiming Conversation, the Power of Talk in a Digital Age. Introduction. Embark on a quest to rediscover the art of conversation. Remember the days when dining out Ringing up mom or attending a party involved engaging in heartfelt talks and discussions? But alas, the landscape has significantly changed over the last decade. Now, we're more interested in clicking a photo of our dinner to share on social media than discussing the flavors. Sending mom an email about our day replaces a warm phone call, and parties are all about displaying the latest YouTube clip and messaging friends across the room rather than actually conversing with them. It seems that the simple pleasure of face-to-face conversation has become a lost art. But is this transformation really a cause for concern? The author strongly argues in favor of the necessity of conversation for our humanity. Conversation not only nurtures our empathy, but also fuels our efficiency and creativity, cultivating deep and genuine social connections. So, let's embark on this journey. Exploring the profound impact of the fading art of conversation and delve into the possibilities of reclaiming it. Within this journey, you will learn why video conversations on platforms like Skype fail to capture the depth of real life conversations, how the seemingly endless choices offered by online dating platforms ultimately leave us unsatisfied, and why replacing your dinner table talks with your kids with mobile scrolling might lead to severe consequences. Part 1. The essence of genuine human connections can't be replicated by digital communication. Imagine this. You're meeting a friend for a cup of coffee, and as soon as you settle down, they take out their smartphone. Does that make you feel slighted? Should you feel that way? Whether it ruffles your feathers or not, the presence of a phone during a conversation has an undeniable impact. It creates a barrier disconnecting us from the person across the table. Research suggests that even a silent phone on the table can alter the course of the conversation. It creates a subconscious awareness that our attention might be required elsewhere at any moment, leading us to stick to shallow chit-chat and avoid exploring deeply emotional subjects. The presence of a phone on the table has been shown to foster a sense of disconnectedness among people. This points to a broader problem. Digital communication is obstructing the development of strong emotional bonds and empathy. A study conducted on college students showcased this effect by comparing face-to-face interaction 
with digital communication like video chats or online messaging. It revealed that the strongest emotional connections were formed during in-person interactions. This finding underscores the unparalleled value of face-to-face conversations. When we converse directly, our facial expressions create an intrinsic link between our spoken words and our emotions. Plus, people engaged in an in-person conversation tend to give more undivided attention to each other than those conversing over platforms like Skype. For instance, it's not uncommon for students to browse the web or watch videos while video chatting, something they wouldn't do in a physical meetup. Disturbingly, the impact of these digital age interaction patterns can be severe. Research indicates a worrying trend among college students. They now show up to 40% fewer signs of empathy in their interactions compared to students two decades ago. Part 2. The Importance of Solitude and Reflection How Excessive Media Consumption Impedes Mental Well-Being When was the last time you spent an entire evening glued to your screen only to be left with a sense of discontentment? If you're like most of us, it was probably not too long ago. But why does this sense of unease creep in? It's because we're inadvertently depriving ourselves of a vital element, solitude. Surfing the net might give you the illusion of solitude, but the time spent in front of your screen is vastly different from time dedicated to solitude and introspection. Developmental psychologists assert that our profound thoughts and emotions surface only when we're devoid of distractions. True solitude sparks activity in the part of our brain responsible for infusing our lives with meaning and purpose, shaping our identity. Unfortunately, those who've grown up with digital media often report a disconcerting dependence on online activity for their sense of self. They need to broadcast their feelings online to genuinely experience them. Solitude is also the seedbed for authentic self-reflection. Consider this. When we keep a journal, we unveil our genuine emotions and contemplate our experiences. However, sharing information online is often influenced by how we think others will perceive us. We tend to carefully curate our online persona, slipping into a performative mode rather than being truly honest. Our capacity for empathy, too, is endangered without solitude. Susan Cain, in her book Quiet, advocates for the importance of solitude especially for introverts. But when it comes to empathizing with others, solitude is crucial for everyone. Only when we're at ease with our own company can we genuinely understand and listen to others. The relevance of solitude extends to our creative thinking as well. Psychologists have discovered that when our brains are not constantly responding to stimuli, they're free to explore, imagine, and create. Part 3 The unintended cost of digital distraction. Parents' smartphone use can hinder their children's development. Have you ever witnessed a parent at a restaurant, unfazed by their wailing baby and just averting the baby's face away from the table? Sure, it's not the most sensible response, but isn't talking on the phone while ignoring your child's questions just as dismissive? Parents' interactions with their children are crucial. Children learn from these exchanges. Neuroscientist Nicholas Carr asserts that our brain development is significantly influenced by our actions, particularly in our early years. Therefore, when children lack attentive parents to teach them facial cues and effective communication, they may struggle to hold meaningful conversations as adults. 
While adults can relearn these skills if they've been lost to excessive media use, children who never acquired them initially may find them extremely challenging to grasp later in life. What's more, parents absorbed in their screens often fail to inculcate empathy in their children. A study by pediatrician Jenny Radeski involved observing 55 caregivers as they spent time with their children at restaurants. The study revealed that these caregivers often prioritized their phones over engaging with their children. This trend is a cause for concern. When children are regularly overlooked by their parents, they may emotionally disconnect and resist interaction. This reticence, in turn, stunts their ability to develop empathy. It's clear, then, that parents need to set an example by consciously limiting their phone usage. Even when dealing with moody teenagers, the parent-teenager relationship can be lopsided, with teenagers demanding attention from their parents but not returning the favor. But this dynamic is natural. Consider Amelie, a university student interviewed by the author. She expressed annoyance when her parents used their phones, but when they attempted to hug her or engage her, she shrugged them off or turned to her phone. Yet, Despite her initial resistance to the family's rule of no phones at the dinner table, she was glad her parents stood their ground. Part 4. How Social Media is Rewriting the Rulebook of Friendship Can you recall the last time you found solace from boredom or anxiety by scrolling through Facebook or another social media platform? The mere feeling of being connected to others can provide a sense of comfort. But there's more to this digital interaction than meets the eye. Social media allows us to connect with others while shielding us from the vulnerabilities inherent in face-to-face conversations. The author undertook a series of interviews to delve into people's perceptions of digital interactions. Rona, a high school senior, divulged that she found texting comforting. By comforting, She meant the immediate satisfaction she derived from her friends promptly responding to her texts. Texting provided her with a safety net, enabling her to control her expression without exposing her emotions through physical cues or tone of voice. It also afforded her the time to craft responses that projected the image she desired. The author noted that young people were increasingly averse to phone calls. The spontaneity of verbal conversations often deprived them of the opportunity to carefully tailor their responses, leading many to dodge real-time conversations by replying to a phone call with an email instead. Adding to the complexity is the mounting social pressure to maintain constant availability through social media. It's no longer enough to merely have a Facebook account. The expectation now is that we should be accessible at all times. Even middle schoolers feel this pressure, often describing their constant readiness to respond to friends as a duty, sleeping with their phones within reach in case of an emergency. Unspoken rules like these are reshaping expectations of friendship in the era of social media. For instance, when the dean of Holbrook School in upstate New York asked 60 students about the most valued quality in a friend, The majority cited someone who could cheer them up or make them laugh. Only three students mentioned trust, mutual care, or kindness. Part 5. The Illusion of Digital Romance Online love often falls short of reality. 
Have you ever been drawn to someone's enticing and intelligent online profile, only to find yourself utterly disappointed when you finally meet in person? This is just one of the countless ways the digital realm can toy with our perceptions. Particularly in online dating, the sea of potential matches doesn't necessarily translate into the anticipated happiness. A famous study exploring the link between choices and satisfaction offered participants either a limited or a vast array of chocolates to choose from and then gauged their satisfaction with their selection. The outcome? Those who chose from a smaller assortment were more satisfied with their chocolate. Psychologist Barry Schwartz delved into our peculiar relationship with freedom and choice. It's a prevalent notion that an abundance of choices equals greater happiness. However, it turns out we're generally more content when our options are pared down. This is why the endless parade of potential partners on online dating platforms can ironically contribute to our discontent. But the abundance of choice isn't the only downside of online dating. This virtual space has also introduced a new norm for non-communication. Consider, for instance, when someone loses interest in an online exchange. They often simply stop responding. An act that would be considered rude in a face-to-face interaction has become an accepted practice in the online world. Studies have shown that, in such a virtual context, our ability to form enduring bonds with others diminishes, leading to feelings of isolation and frustration rather than empathy and connection. Yet again, we find digital media at fault. It undermines our ability to foster the patience and empathy essential for sustaining genuine relationships. Instead, we're conditioned to mindlessly swipe to the next enticing profile. Part 6. The Unavoidable Intrusion of Digital Devices in Work and Education. A Double-Edged Sword. Imagine you're sitting through a dull lecture, so you subtly take out your phone to peruse your social media feed while half listening to the lecture. That's just effective multitasking, isn't it? Regrettably, this kind of multitasking often hinders rather than enhances our performance. The issue with multitasking is that it lures us with a neurochemical rush, tricking us into believing we're achieving maximum efficiency. The harsh reality is that genuine multitasking is beyond human capability. We are wired to focus on one task at a time, and when we force our brain to constantly toggle between tasks, It leads to fatigue, ultimately affecting our performance. Despite this, a study in 2012 found that 90% of college students admitted to texting in class. Some of us are beginning to recognize the negative implications of being constantly distracted. Renowned author Zadie Smith, in the acknowledgments of her latest novel, expressed her gratitude for software programs that block internet access, enabling her to concentrate on her writing. Furthermore, an excessive dependency on technology can potentially stunt our intellectual growth and critical thinking skills. Take, for instance, the medical field, where physicians are increasingly resorting to digital databases for instant diagnostic suggestions. While such technology undoubtedly has its benefits, there's a downside. As we offload more knowledge onto our devices, our motivation to cultivate our own intellectual capabilities begins to wane. This shift is clearly demonstrated in how students take notes today. When using laptops, 
students tend to transcribe their teacher's words verbatim without processing or reflecting on the content. To counteract this passive learning trend, Harvard Law professor Carol Steicher encourages her students to take notes using good old pen and paper, a method that fosters reflection and consolidates understanding. Part 7. The Digital Dilemma Our eroding privacy and dwindling political engagement in the Internet era. Have you ever been pulled into an online campaign promising to effect monumental change? It's a comforting thought that from your breakfast table, you can combat child slavery or take down a dictator. But does clicking a link truly equate to substantial political involvement? Take the well-publicized campaign against Joseph Kony, the commander of the Lord's Resistance Army, a guerrilla group based in Uganda. When information detailing Kony's use of child soldiers in militant groups surfaced on the internet, it sparked global outrage. Online activists swiftly mobilized, circulating emails imploring individuals to sign petitions and donate towards the campaign against Kony. Supporters would receive posters featuring Kony's face, intended for public display to raise awareness. While a significant number of people signed the petition and pledged financial support, very few actually followed through on setting up the signs in public. This underscores a vital point. Signing an online petition doesn't necessarily translate to tangible action in the physical world. But the Internet's impact doesn't stop at undermining genuine engagement in important causes. It also erodes our privacy. Consider the era before online streaming, when a court wanted to leverage information about a man's pornography rental history from a video store as part of a case. The court ruled in favor of the man's privacy rights over the potential relevance of the information. Fast forward to today, when by clicking on terms and conditions, we seldom read, we unwittingly surrender our privacy for the sake of convenience. This includes our physical location. With apps like Looped, Friends, and not always close ones, can monitor your precise whereabouts using your mobile phone's GPS capabilities. This further diminishes any sense of privacy and opens the door for potential misuse of such information by governments and corporations. Part 8. Using digital challenges as a springboard to better understand societal needs. Remember your last vacation? Did you choose to leave behind your digital devices? Did you seek out a place without Wi-Fi connectivity? While the thought might instill a sense of anxiety initially, disconnecting from digital devices can open up a peaceful space of timeless tranquility. Disconnecting from digital media is one way to tap into our creative potential, an essential resource for all of us. Vannevar Bush, a renowned engineer, envisioned in 1945 that machines would liberate humans to excel in slow, creative thinking. It's not too late to realize this dream if we can master the art of smart technology use. For instance, when you're feeling overwhelmed by an overflowing email inbox, resist the temptation to respond with lengthy messages immediately. You can opt to send a quick reply, assuring the sender that you will take the time to provide a thoughtful response soon. Following this, give yourself permission to disengage and do something creative, like playing your electric guitar or painting. Another lesson from the digital realm is recognizing our need to engage in open discussions even when we disagree. This reluctance to delve into contentious topics 
isn't confined to the digital world. In the U.S., for example, it's become common for Republicans and Democrats to avoid discussing issues with those holding differing political views to sidestep potential conflicts. Our curated online news feeds reinforce this as we primarily share thoughts we believe will resonate with our circle. But what about stepping out of this echo chamber and embracing controversy? Imagine shutting down your computer and engaging in a conversation about immigration with your neighbor. We need to examine and discuss the challenges posed by the internet. For instance, in the realm of online privacy, we could hold internet companies accountable for data protection in the same way doctors and lawyers are legally required to keep their clients' information confidential. We can find solutions to these digital challenges if we dedicate time to think about them critically. Final summary. The primary takeaway from this book. While digital devices are undoubtedly beneficial, it's crucial to use them in a way that doesn't undermine our capacity for deep, creative thinking, genuine conversation, and the cultivation of empathy and love in our relationships. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.